Hey ladies, it's your favorite dating coach here. Do these titles sound familiar at all? Uh, what to do until love finds you. Secrets of an irresistible woman. What are the three biggest mistakes women make in relationships? <laughs> hey, what's up ladies? So today I'm gonna show you guys 10 ways to make a guy weak for you. So how do you become a high value woman that men will never want to leave? You're smart, you're sexy, you're confident, and you still make mistakes. It's all good. Coming up, a year and a half ago, she says she was fat, broken, miserable. Now she's happier than ever. How'd she do it? Barely, though. I mean, <laughs> Jesus. Okay, so more full confessions from your podcast hosts. Mm -hmm. We suck at technology. So we're right. trying so hard to record this episode for you guys, sitting in pools of our own sweat because it is hot as balls. So glamorous. And we're losing internet connections. Our computers are being hacked by pirates in Russia. We have no idea what's going on, but... It's okay. We're here. We're not going anywhere. Now. Whether or not we're going <laughs> to call in the one. This present moment, we're, we're here. We we're might dead. not get to I do. We might not call in the one. We might not get to I do today. We're broke for down. Sure. For sure. <laughs> so technical difficulties have got us a little sad today, but we're going we're gonna to forge ahead. Yes, because that's what women do. <laughs> that's what we do. So Delia, how are you? Carla Nell, I'm well. It's been did, a great week. Did you? Yeah. Did you rhyme that on purpose? Did I? No. I, I can honestly say I certainly did not. Carla Nell, I'm well. You did not do that on purpose? <laughs> I did not do that on purpose. That was just a happy accident. When I was in eighth grade, I was going to run for, or I think it was seventh grade or eighth grade. I don't know. I was running for some like vice president or, you know, whatever of the student council. And my mom was helping me with slogans. And mm -hmm. I went to a Catholic school and mm -hmm. her, her idea was vote for Nell or go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> that pretty much sums up Fran right there. Pretty much. That one uh, little anecdote. <laughs> I lost. Very uh, memorable. Yes. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, my entire career in politics was stunted from that point on, but it was a fun slogan. It just slogan. went down the tubes. That's right. That was a fun slogan. Right? Vote for Nell or go to hell. I mean, my God. Anyway. Hello. Enough about, I, I digress. So what's been going on? We, we We recorded last Tuesday to try and like, trick the gods and yes and we, we managed to do it so okay have you called no. in the one it's been a week you've had time i have not called in the one what i did call in though was really great sexual intercourse that's oh, what i called God. It. again yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> yep yeah 
And wow. that's actually, I was thinking about it too because I was like, huh, like this isn't relationshipy. <laughs> um, but I remember at the start of us recording this season, mm-hmm. I thought to myself, you know what I want? I don't necessarily want a boyfriend, but what I really want is great sex. Nailing God, it. you and me both, girl. Literally. That's all I, seriously, <laughs> like right now, that's where I'm at. I just would love to have a fantastic sexual connection with somebody and not feel the pressure of all of the other things. But even that is just very difficult, apparently. So kudos to you for figuring it out. I'm very proud of you. Yeah, he's awesome. It's been a lot of fun. Super great. Orgasm after orgasm. I tell (laughs) you, get out there and get it. Just coming in waves. I'm just a much happier person. So Yeah. No, it does make a difference. So you're enjoying your time with this gentleman. And are you guys getting closer to I do? Well, if I do is I do want to take your pants off or... (laughs) No, I'm talking about nuptials. Nuptials. No, not at all. Not in the slightest. Not even a little bit. Okay. So basically, you and I are still in the same boat, except that my boat has no sex in it. Yeah. You took the wrong boat. <laughs> I, just, I have to find a different boat. You should have waited for the sex boat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I don't know where to find that boat. Because I'm telling you right now, this is the best sex of my life. Oh, my God. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, it's insane. Let me ask you a question. So it's the best sex yeah. of your life, mm-hmm. but there's no commitment and there's no expectation, correct? Nope. Yep. What if tomorrow he just, that was it, no more? Uh, that would be fine. You'd I be mean, totally cool with it. Yeah. I, it really is just sex. Like, I I don't, I don't get, because I've been asked this quite a bit, like, the women I share with, they're like, wait, so it's just sex. <laughs> Well, no, I get it. But my thing is, is that when I've had the best sex of my life, it's also Mm -hmm. been with guys that I wanted more with. And so I'm just curious. I've never been able to detach. But I guess if you're just not, you know, connected to the person in that way, it would be easier. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Like, I just feel so comfortable with him. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Or I don't know if this is like, hey, you're 40, so we're throwing you a bone. Or, like, I'm not entirely sure, like, why him? Why now? I wouldn't, like, look at somebody and be like, yeah, that guy I'm going to have the best sex with. No. Well, no, I get that, too. But I'm saying, all I'm saying is you better stay on that boat. (laughs) Do not rock the sex boat. Do not rock the sex boat, girl. Stay on the sex boat for as long as you can. <laughs> I know. Well, thank goodness it's not a sex canoe. Otherwise, I'd be screwed. <laughs> I find it fascinating, though, that your book this week is getting to I do. Because you clearly are yeah, not right? interested in that at all. <laughs> <laughs> not it. Not even a little bit. Not a goal. No, and that's been kind of since the beginning of um, the season. Time. Starting this. Yeah. <clears throat> Since the beginning of time. But I've never, that's my chief complaint, or at least like top three, about relationship books. 
-hmm. is that it all seems to want to end in marriage. Yeah. And I I don't know if that's kind of the case for a lot of people anymore. I mean, yeah. definitely like long-term commitment, I see that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, more and more, just people aren't going to that extra step. They're not bothering. Well, you'd think that, but like lately I feel like I've just in the last month, I've been to two weddings and I've seen so many weddings on Facebook. So I know people are still doing it. People are still digging their heels in and getting that done. But I do agree. It's probably not. It might have more to do with my age group and just where people are in their lives. But girl, I I, hate to break it to you, but we're in the same age group. (laughs) Oh, you're a a little bit younger than me, though. I do think. Yeah, like by a whisper, not like I'm not 20. But I think there's a divide between 40 and 45 since I've. I've so 40, both. you were like freewheeling and fun loving. And then 45, it's just now it's commitment time. Uh, 40, I was wiping my mother's ass. So no. <laughs> so yeah, freewheeling and fun loving. Nailed it. <laughs> no, 40 was not really freewheeling for me. I was full-time caretaker, working full-time. I was not freewheeling it. But 42, <laughs> I'm sure you remember I definitely remember too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's when I really broke out on my own. But no, I'm yeah. just, I don't know. Maybe I feel like people are getting married when they're older now. Yeah. So, but anyway, let's talk about the book. Let's talk about it. I'm going to talk about it. Let's talk about the book. Okay. So this week's book, Getting to I Do, the author, Dr. Patricia Allen. And she's been at this, this relationship game for like, Let's talk qualifications. Okay, let's talk about it. For about let's 42 get into it. years. Let's get into it. God, she's how been old doing this she? for 42 years. Older. <laughs> I think she was 19 or 20 in like 68, 67. Okay. But she, I believe, resides in Southern California. She does like workshops in both Orange and LA. She does okay. seminars. I think it says like over 2,000 people have found their partner within a year of reading the book so that's kind of like calling in the one as well i read that that she had like paired up over two thousand people i was like damn yeah so this is definitely her life's work she has a very interesting story which she goes into in the introduction about kind of marrying her high school boyfriend and how that didn't work and then i think she Hmm. She married the cowboy then or the really rich guy. She's been married a handful of times and she keeps learning. So she knows how to get to I do. She definitely knows how to get there. She definitely knows how to get to I do. She's like, let's beeline to I do. (laughs) It's a foot race. The one thing she did mention, which I was like, huh, I've never like read that was as her first marriage was dissolving one of uh, she taught high school, I think. One of her teacher friends gave her a copy of the Feminine Mystique, uh-huh. and she said that just like liberated her. Interesting. And I've never read the Feminine Mystique. Well, so I'm like, maybe I'll have to put that on the reading list. We'll have to put that on the list, yeah, for sure. I'm like, what am I missing out on? So the book. <laughs> yeah, it's divided into four book. parts. 
And this is one of, she has a few other books. On her website, she has seminars that she hosts. She has products to buy. So she has, like, she has a private practice. You can work with her. She's very well-respected in this arena. Okay, great. Yeah, it seems like she's pretty, (laughs) she's got seminars every month. She does privates. She's obviously pretty dialed in. Yes. She has her own, like, radio show also. Yeah, I see that. She's Much got a like podcast. Steve Harvey. Yeah, podcast. Yeah, she has a podcast, so she's our competition on top of everything else. Oh, great. And she's she's beating both of us in getting to I do. Just I know. FYI. Well. Just the math. I'm just focusing on the math. Everyone so, is beating us at that because. <laughs> let's I must say, though, be like, honest. I'm not really trying. I'm still like. At the start line, eating my orange slices and getting hydrated. So Okay. All right. One day. So the book is divided into four parts. And the first part is before you go out. So you have to decide some things. She doesn't really have exercises in the book, which I found kind of strange coming from like a therapy background. Mm-hmm. that she wouldn't have exercises. The first part of the book, you kind of have to decide if you're a feminine woman looking for a masculine man or you're a masculine energy woman looking for a feminine energy man. Okay. Because what relationships rely on is polarity. So you have to have both the feminine and masculine because they perform different duties. Okay. So, so you act a certain way if you're a feminine energy woman looking for a masculine man than you would the other way around oh boy yeah it's kind of a lot to consider she does do a very good job though of breaking down like that the different type of energy so you kind of know where you fall okay but she hasn't really heard about gender parity also no no and when was this book written 94 i think it's old school was a big year for for books like this so I think the feminine masculine conversation is an interesting one. And I know a lot of coaches that work around that type of energy. Mm-hmm. And when you get to like the polarity and why you're attracted to somebody, it kind of, it helps to know like, oh, okay, I'm a feminine energy woman looking for a masculine energy man. But I do have a lot of qualities of a masculine energy woman, like wanting to be the boss mm-hmm. <laughs> and be like wanting to be the breadwinner so she has this whole thing that you have to choose if you want to be respected or cherished and she goes into detail like the difference between the two okay and what works with each energy you gotta pick one so she and on her website gotta pick one <clears throat> okay well that sucks sorry sorry dr yeah. patricia schmushmush that sucks Alan. (laughs) And she has like, even on her website, this isn't politically correct. And it's not, it might offend a few people, Mm -hmm. but it's scientifically proven. (laughs) So kind of, I'm like, huh, it sounds a little bit like my grandmother used to sound. I'm not politically correct, but I have a good point. (laughs) So part two to this book, which I found, I actually love this part. Part two is how to attract a man. And that's the only thing in part two. (laughs) It's chapter eight, flirt to attract. uh That's it. So Carla, question for you. 
All right. What do you do to attract a man? Oh, let's see. I fill them with anxiety. Okay. (laughs) That's a way to go. (laughs) And guilt, uh, apparently. No, honestly, I don't know. I've never been skilled at that. I've never been great at flirting. I have always been intimidated, typically, by most men. So I've never been great at being overtly flirty. So if a guy approaches me and gives me, you know, there's certain signals. Mm -hmm. Like when they, if they like rub their feet together, then I know. (laughs) (laughs) If they start unzipping their pants, like you know. (laughs) I know uh, that it's okay to compliment them. No, yeah, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not good at flirting. I'm really not. I, I, I will admit it. I... I'm good at being forward hmm. when I know okay. if I know if I know a man's interested in me, I, I have no problem with being like let's get it on or whatever. But I'm not great at the like just the shallow meaningless like I, 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 yeah. So never. you might want to read part 1 about operating from your masculine energy. Yeah, I might want to do that because because you're looking for a different type of man. So, but does that mean I'm looking for a yes. feminine man? Feminine. feminine energy man, which doesn't mean like, I don't, it's not meaning what we think feminine energy means. Well, it just means, go ahead. Well, no, I get it. I think it means a man who's more in tune with maybe a, a man who would wear a shirt that says I'm a feminist or someone that's like more aware that there's a patriarchal problem in our society. Like those types of men yes, is what I think more, she's talking about more receptive right. more loving more yeah yeah i don't want to hang out basically with the a guy the woman is supposed to yeah i d- you know i'm not going to ever be attracted to a guy who watches football all day every day of the weekend and eats cheetos and doesn't ever you know like i want somebody who wants to go see theater with me and concerts and art and you know that i think that's probably what it is yes Although the Cheeto eating, beer swilling, football watching, hey, come, come holler at me. <laughs> you, you can have them, girl. I'll, I'll yell All at yours. the television with you. Thanks. Look at us. We're just such a great compromise, the two of us. I know. I know. So in this chapter about flirting... <laughs> This is just so great. So one of the like headings is you don't have to be perfect. Correct. And she says, I know that I know that you want to be loved for yourself and maybe someday your man will love you this way. Shortcomings and all. Uh But right now, your best chance of getting him in the first place is by looking the very best you can and transforming yourself into the most attractive looking, lovable and sensuous woman you can be. So like definitely be yourself. But upgrade that but shit. Better. <laughs> but better. But better. But way better. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree with that 100%. Men are visual creatures. Yes. Men are attracted to beautiful women. There's no getting around it. There is. So she talks about you must pay attention to your body, eat well, exercise. You must pay attention to your grooming. It's like, Yes. Yes, busy. I'm busy. I'm a busy modern woman. I don't have time to brush my hair. (laughs) That's right. That's exactly what I was thinking about when I... (laughs) (laughs) 
So reading this book reminded me of conversations I had with my grandmother about dating and marriage. Mm -hmm. And you know she's right about the things, but it's also said in a way that just irritates you. Right. In our modern times. In our modern times where, you know, we're kind of being told, you know, we're enough just being on our own. But then there's this undercurrent, it seems constantly, of, but if you were with somebody, you'd be like that much better or Mm -hmm. that much more complete. And maybe that's part of what I I don't enjoy (laughs) is just this kind of notion that whole people are incomplete without someone. Yeah. Well, that's a huge, I mean, that's a huge belief in most... I think most cultures believe that there's another person for you and you're supposed to pair off and that's the only way you're ever going to truly be happy is by finding another person to coexist with in the world. Yeah. And And I've bought into it. (laughs) I've I've bought into it hook, line, and sinker. I'm trying to get past that belief so that I can live my life and, and be happy most of the time, but there's still this part of me that feels like something's missing. No matter how much therapy or no matter how, how much, you know, work I try to do, there's still this. and But I can rationalize it and I know that it's not necessarily true. I see plenty of women who are in relationships and are absolutely miserable and it's not the life I ever want for myself. Yeah. Women and, and men. plenty of women who are actually like just wonderfully happy, which is also fantastic. Right. I guess more and more it's just kind of feeling that because a lot of these books touch on it too is the relationship you have with yourself. Yeah, and always. Kind of what it you're always doing goes in your back to that. Life. Always back to num- numero uno. Again, I have to take responsibility for my own <laughs> life. Yeah, that's... That's it. Oh, sorry. As it turns out. No, it's true, though. It really is true, and it's it's definitely been driven home. Repeatedly. Yeah. I, okay, I get it. So here is... Here's one thing I'm going to try this week. Okay. I'm so excited. So she didn't really put it as an exercise. This is still, I'm still in the how to attract a man (laughs) part two. So she said that if you're out and about kind of, you know, in life. In the world. And you see a man you're attracted to, what you want to do is catch his eye, hold eye contact for three seconds, and on the four and five, flash him a bright smile. Yeah, girl. Okay. I'm like, okay, that much eye contact sounds terrifying. (laughs) But it can't just be a glance because otherwise he's not going to get it. You're like, okay, (laughs) one 1,000, two 1,000, three 1,000, and smile. And and smile. Wow. And then? And then what will happen? If he's not totally weirded out, he might come and uh, say hello. (laughs) He's like... Um, that girl just stared at me really weird for exactly three seconds, and then she smiled at me. So it's on like Donkey Kong. So this is what she says. However, catching a man's eye for two to three seconds is quite normal. It's when you continue to look at him for the fourth and fifth second that you indicate you're interested. Oh, okay. So eye contact count three, four, five, smile. (laughs) You got to, I do. (laughs) And... You know what? I actually agree with that. Oh, okay. Uh, have you done it? I have been in 
more than one situation where I've made eye contact with a man, held it because I'm like, oh, you are fine. And then they've approached me. <laughs> Never in the state of California. Okay. But uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Okay. But no, it has no, it has happened to me more than once where I've I've looked at a man, I've held eye contact to just kind of take them in, not even consciously. I'm just looking at them like, wow, mommy likey. And <laughs> it's like it's like you're giving them the signal. You're like okay. giving them the go ahead. Yeah. You know, it's like they know. So yeah. she's, I think she has a point. So I'm going to try this this week and report back. All right. Because if you get married, I do everything it's not your to- fault. That's true. Be like, hey, I I can finally take one of those like ring pictures with like well manicured nails. <laughs> That's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> that part to getting to I do. Yeah. Still uh, I just want the cake. So the cake in the honeymoon, man. Actually just box up the cake and let's bring it on the plane. I'm ready to rock. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just I want the cake. I mean, I could go have cake, but I want wedding cake. It's different. Yes. They sprinkle something different in it. It's different. I'm telling you. But I avoid eye contact, actually, at all costs uh, working in a casino. Oh, God. Because Me too. Because I've mistakenly made eye contact <laughs> with people. And one gentleman I made eye contact with, and I just, because I was trying to figure out what the hell are you doing, he was peeing in a corner. Oh, on good. the casino floor. So, you, like, making eye contact with drunks is, like, that is, like, my idea of hell. <laughs> Talk about calling in the one. Yeah, right? <laughs> no, that is a warning about it because that's happened to me, too, where I've made eye contact and I've been like, oh, shit, I wish that I had not made eye contact. Because some guys, you might be looking at him like, he looks like a what serial killer. Fuck? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, Have a totally you know. different, like, does he brush his teeth? And then, right. Right. unfortunately, you make... you're in the four or five second territory and all of a sudden. Yeah, but if you make eye contact, it's like open season on you, girl. So you have to be careful who you make eye contact with. I know, with. I know. I'm like, this is going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's that's the week ahead. So one, th- one simple thing we can do to attract a man Part three is the stages of the relationship. So we have step one, perfect phase, months one through three. Uh, step two, the imperfect phase. My perfect three through six. phase is typically shorter. <laughs> Just putting it out. Oh, okay. You've like called that down to what, like six weeks? Oh, no. Perfect phase, like a week, really. <laughs> Lately? Like a wow. week. Wow. <laughs> And then it goes straight to the imperfect phase, which lasts from, like, week Til two death. into, like, six months until uh, you get to until it stage ends. three negotiation. <laughs> okay, let's go back. So perfect phase lasts mm-hmm. up to three months. Mm-hmm. Yep. Then what comes next? The imperfect phase. Okay. And how long is that supposed to last? Another three months. Okay. This is when you're actually starting to get to know the person and realize, like... Oh, they yes. They have issues in their tissues. Oh, do I like you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then yep. phase three, negotiations. The negotiation. Mm-hmm. This is where my so skill and expertise deciding, like, comes in. Negotiation? Yes. After the eye contact has worked? 
No, just in that phase, I I could probably do pretty well if I got to negotiation, which I have once or twice. I could probably do pretty well. I have a lot of skill in sales and marketing. So. <laughs> and negotiate like a mother. That's perfect. It's just hard. To I can negotiate like a mother fella. Does she talk about, because to me, it feels like imperfect phase, phase two, imperfect phase. That's where Mm -hmm. they kind of fall off like flies. Is that, am I, are we? This is kind of where you, so her two chapters that are in there are dealing with the toad in every prince Mm. and Mm -hmm. how to handle conflict. Okay. All right. Handle it. So, yep, this is where you get to really know well, I mean, person. to me, that would seem like the phase where you really know if this is going to move forward or not. And then you're like, oh, this is clearly imperfect. And then oh, you're no. Not. And then it's you're not. not. Yeah. So, okay. Go, do, do go on. <laughs> do go on. So then the negotiation, which she talks about sex in uh, the negotiation. And <clears throat> this might come as a surprise to you. She says, wait to have sex. <laughs> Till negotiation phase? No, just, I think it's a standard 90 days again. I feel like it's a weird time. I want to revisit. Definitely not the first date. I was looking up clips for our Steve Harvey episode, and you know how his thing was a 90-day rule? Uh Uh-huh. I saw an interview with him where they asked him about the 90-day rule, and he said, he goes, you know, when you get a job, you have to wait 90 days before you get benefits. (laughs) Same thing. (laughs) He's like, they don't just hire you and give you health care and give you dental and give you 401k. He's like, you have to wait 90 days. He's like, same thing, same idea. So, okay. Which I get. I understand, like, the premise. Yeah. My only issue is, and here is, like, here's the thing. (laughs) I just, I want to know. I want to know before 90 days if I have sexual chemistry with this person. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't want to get to 90 days and then, like, sleep with someone and be like, oh, my God, that was legit awful. Fine. I get it. But haven't you ever had a circumstance where, I I don't know, I've had this happen where I haven't had immediate chemistry with someone or I haven't felt even a sexual attraction to them. And then over time, I've gotten to know them. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh there's more here in my pants so I don't I don't know does that I think if you're talking about the long game and you're talking about a committed long-term relationship what's what's 90 days and girl I'm the first person to say that I don't love this rule but I am starting to get to a place where I see the value in it because I do feel like there's something to be said of forming a real friendship with a man before you get intimate with them because if they don't feel any kind of obligation or connection to you you know when you sleep together right away and that's fine if that's what you both want but if you're looking for something serious and you want something more I don't know uh in depth with someone I I think it might this this whole concept might be a good idea I'm just gonna say yeah but I think also like I don't like hearing I guess that it's kind of like the only way you know what I mean that's one way to like get to a relationship it's one way but but it's like I know like just why everyone is touting that well yeah but (laughs) I just I think because it 
it strengthens the bond between two people as you give a guy a chance to be your friend first before you start getting your endorphins involved. Because endorphins, as we all know, are motherfuckers. Also, I think, I, I know a handful of people that have hooked up on the first date and, and they've been together since. But I don't know a lot of those people. It's not a story I hear a lot. Yeah. So. Which I get that. And it depends, I guess, on the place you are in your life as well. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things in the, this is the negotiation. Stage mm-hmm. three. Mm-hmm. So she talks about sex without love. And this line just kind of like made me want to throw the book across the room. <laughs> When a woman allows herself or is forced to become sexual without love, her self-esteem drops and she helplessly believes she is not lovable or desirable to good men. I would like to say that that is not the fucking case. I think women are being sold short on the notion that they have desires and wants all of their own. And as somebody who has had sex without love, I don't feel any less desirable to good men. Yeah. And I think that that you're kind of putting a price tag on your own sexuality as far as I'm just going to wait for that good man mm-hmm. to have good sex. And I don't like I just that line fucking irked me. <laughs> Well, it's a disservice to women because that's her take on it. And if if we change, it's like what we talk about in therapy and changing the story. If you change your story about that, you don't have to feel yeah. that way. You can you can be okay with desiring a sexual relationship with someone without an attachment, or you can be okay with desiring an attachment without a sexual relationship, or you can have both. It doesn't have to be all or nothing or, you know. One or the other. Or, right. And yeah, I, I just like, ugh. That line, she, and she helplessly believes she's not lovable or desirable to good men. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I don't helplessly believe shit, mm-hmm. Dr. Patricia Allen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, I, I just found that like, okay, that was like a gut punch. Yeah. That it's like, I'm going to then having sex outside of love just gonna constantly like pick up my crying heap of a self yeah all of a sudden i guess throw myself into the yeah throw myself into the next sexual relationship without love only to repeat it and she should have prefaced that with women are told that they are supposed to believe this yeah but you don't have to believe it i mean i know plenty of women who have had many many sexual partners and have found really great men who love and cherish them and respect them i don't think that you have to trade off cherish and respect of a man and respect Um, but it's just my opinion she's she wrote a book okay i get it yeah and she's been in the game a long time she does have a very impressive resume she has gotten to i do three times i'm at zero so (laughs) for those of you keeping score at home (laughs) three to oh i think you're wrong dr patricia allen no no i agree with you i think that that's bull cocky i mean it just sounds like this what yeah whatever woman this is Because then it goes on to, with little self-esteem, she often compulsively seeks validation through more promiscuous sexual contacts, believing that giving, in quotes, good sex will help her keep her man. It doesn't. Uh Uh-huh. No, that's true. Which, I, yeah, I'm not, like... That's true. Good sex might be one of the things that keeps them, sure. 
But is that the only thing? No. Or it might not be a man that you're necessarily trying to keep. It's just I'm enjoying yeah. having sex with him. <laughs> just Maybe like men it's do. a fucking catch and release program. <laughs> yeah. Well, men do it all the time. Men do it all the time. Yeah, I uh, I was not very excited about that part. <laughs> well, I get it. But I do see her point as well, so... You know, that being said, I get it, and I'm going to do that That being said, I understand. (laughs) But I just, I don't know. I think women are, they have a capacity for more. Yeah. You know, it's not just. What what makes it any different if a man gives himself to a woman? Does he feel less than? Does he feel not whole? Does he feel? That if he has sex with a woman, he's not, he's going to be considered promiscuous and not wind up with a good woman? Is his yeah. self-esteem going to take a hit? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> he's like, bada bing, bada bang. He's like, carve he's that out. into the notch, the notch on yeah. the big post. Yeah, I mean, get, you know, give me a break. Yeah, yeah. So that part, I was, <laughs> Yeah. No, that me was too. rough. It sucks. It sucks. That's dated. <laughs> That's yeah. Dated. Even for 1994, that's dated. Yeah, I just, I, she kind of, it might actually be a little bit before, because there's a lot of references to the AIDS ep- epidemic in the book. Well, this is what I don't get. If she's influenced by the feminine mystique, that, that whole book is about owning your sexuality. So, yeah, I, to, you know, to say that women should feel shame by exploring their sexuality, I don't know. I think. That, that is a conflict of interest. I think so, too, because I think women are pretty intuitive when it comes to all sorts of relationships, not just, you know, re- relationship relationships. But, right, you know, knowing like, OK, this guy might be a lot of fun, but not relationship material. Mm-hmm. Or this guy seems like, you know, I'm going to try with him because we jive well or whatever. But that all the like anyone that you're kind of like looking at as somebody like to be a partner it's like I I'm just shaking my head over here Uh. (laughs) yeah so also in this chapter she has um this is this was a chapter I definitely was like I don't I don't I don't Mm -mm. I don't I can't it's not she has I can't she has faulty premises about sex, which I guess, like, shit that women believe, but is just not mm-hmm. the case. Okay. So, faulty premise one, if I give a man sex, he will give me back a commitment. I have never thought that. Uh, premise yeah, no. two, sexual virtue is passe. Mm-hmm. I haven't really thought that either. Like, I think it's just kind of a choice. <laughs> sexual virtue faulty is passe. Premise. Discuss amongst yourselves. <laughs> Discuss amongst yourselves. <laughs> Faulty premise three actually gave me a good chuckle because of the visual I thought of. Casual sex is a good way to get to know someone. So it kind of reminded me of, um, like, you know those kind of icebreaker games that you did Uh at, like, I don't know. We always did them in, like, Catholic youth group. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. So I guess I'd call this icebreaker game the genital handshake. I guess casual sex is not a great way to get to know somebody. Yeah, and I uh, never faulty premise thought that it was. No, no, it's like de- <sighs> by its very definition, it's casual. Yeah, there's sex. no yeah no <laughs> expectation. Hopefully, in casual sex, 
They don't call it really getting to know you in depth. Yeah. I want to know your deepest, darkest secrets. Bang, 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 bang. Yeah, no. (laughs) Um, Faulty premise four. All I need to do is have medically safe sex. (laughs) Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Premise five, I can fix my partner's sex problems. Oh, I've I've never thought that. I've tried that. I've thought that. Really? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't stick around long enough to, like, realize what the problems are. (laughs) No, I've definitely (laughs) thought that. I've thought if if I'm a safe space, if I'm patient, if I'm more sexual, if I'm less sexual, if I'm... You know, maybe it will help them, you know, with certain performance issues or certain intimacy issues or I've definitely, definitely thought that. It's, and I, I know that I'm wrong now. Like, it's never worked. It's never been a fix. But I've, I have thought that. I've fallen for that one. Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't. Maybe fix other things, like not sexually speaking. Yeah. I don't know. Well, maybe thinking of, like... <laughs> My vagina is the balm that will heal all. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Sold at your local Walgreens. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like, here's my vagina, a tube of antibacterial ointment (laughs) for your intimacy issues. Oh, okay. No, that's, yeah, no. Ointment is such a sexy word, too. So that's good. Ointment (laughs) and moist. I know. I know. I've, I've gotten to where I love the word moist, and like a lot of yes. people are, no! Yeah, moisture. Moist. <laughs> you should have a meditation that you record where you just say the word moist over and over again. Moist. 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 <laughs> and there's like the sound of rain behind you. It's starting to sound Maybe really weird when thund- I say a it. A thunderclap. My uncle, who used to repeat words to me when I was a kid, and one of the words, because he would just, he would want to point out how words are so weird. He'd be like, words are weird, aren't they? And I was, and I would be like, I get, I mean, I was a little kid. I didn't know what the fuck he was talking about, but I'm like, yeah, I think they're weird. And then he would be like, like belly button, just say belly button. I'd be like, belly button. And then I was like, that is weird. That is so weird. (laughs) So... Add ointment to the list now. Thank you. (laughs) Add ointment. Uh, Let's see. We're up to faulty premise six. Oh, Jesus. Once I am in a committed relationship. There's only seven, so. Okay. We're home stretching this. Once I'm in a committed relationship, I don't have to continue my sexual courtship style. (laughs) Which (laughs) means. I I can see the question mark above your head. It has to do with the masculine feminine energy. Okay. Well, no, I get, I get it. It's like basically you don't have to keep doing all the work you did to to land, to land your man, <laughs> right? I mean, that's basically it, right? Yes. Well, once you're in the committed relationship, you still have to continue your courtship style. You can switch it up, but you have to have that conversation with your partner. Well, right. I'm saying that that's, that's what, what the the premise is is that you don't have to do that and then that gets yes, you in trouble. Yes, you're like, Whoo, done, you do. nailed it. No, of course We're going to be married I mean, now for years. Yeah. No, I think I think that's one thing that actually does kind of suck for men. There's like a huge bait and switch because it's like when I go out on a date with a guy for the first time, I've got a fresh manicure, a fresh pedicure. I've uh, waxed my eyebrows. I've 
taken my little lady to the gardener. I've, um, <laughs> there's things that I've done to, you know, to, to package myself. And then you get into like, you know, you're like a couple months in and you're like, ah, ah, I don't really need a manicure this week or, oh, maybe I haven't waxed my eyebrows. And if, you know, it's like, I think, you know, things kind of start to fall by the wayside. True. Like the more comfortable one gets, but don't yeah, let it happen, I, ladies. I mean, I think, honestly, I think most men honestly don't pay attention to a lot of that stuff. But I do think it's more about do you do that stuff because it makes you feel good or do you do it because you're trying to attract a man? And if you're doing it because you're trying to attract a man and then you get a man and then you just stop taking care of yourself, that's a problem. Well, yeah. Because I don't have a relationship, but I love getting dressed up, putting on my makeup, primping, feeling pretty when I go out. You know, I, sh- I shave my legs regularly. I do, you know, it's like I don't do that because I'm waiting for some guy to like notice it or to, you know, of course they do. I get attention. People do like tell me, yeah, you look pretty or you look nice or, but you look I'm not pretty, you know, it's like I'm going to be the same person in a relationship that I was. Those things aren't going to change that drastically. Yeah. No. So, yeah, that was premise six. Faulty premise seven, last but certainly not least. Lucky number seven. Masculine men, lucky number seven. Masculine men like women who share sexual initiating responsibilities equally. Oh, God, yeah. Wrong exclamation point. What? Yeah. Yeah, girl. Faulty premise number seven. They don't? They don't like that? No. Most masculine men do not like sexual initiating responsibilities to be shared. And then this line. <laughs> Wait. What, what, okay, tell me the line. Does that mean that if you are a feminine woman, you can't initiate sex when you're in the mood? It might. Becoming a couple means compromising some of your rights and freedoms as an individual for the benefit of the relationship. Get the fuck out. <laughs> I, yeah, that. Once again, well, this, I'm like, stop the presses. Most no, of the men that I, Yeah. Yes, because once again, it takes like any kind of desire that the woman is feeling and is just like, you're going to have to pack that away, sweetheart. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. You're just going to have to wait on somebody else in your relationship to go ahead and initiate this. I've had to do that. And it 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 makes me so angry when I am. How do I even explain like when I initiate with a man and I get rejected, but when that man wants to have sex. It feels like what I want and what I need and when I want it or need it, it doesn't matter. It's only when they need it or when they want it. And that is not how it works. That's not how it works. And I I had yeah. a situation where I'm trying to be fun and playful with someone. Our relationship is mostly sexual. And when I get rejected, I shut down. I shut down. And when I am out the door, I'm gone. And if you shut me down because of my sexuality or because of my needs and you're like not available to me, when I've made myself available to you, mm -mm, that's it's it's like a violation. And it's not okay that men are the only ones that get to have sexual desire. Well, yeah, exactly. Go ahead. I'm done. 
I'm not, I'm just like, I, this, I understand compromise in a relationship, but that is something I am 100% unwilling to compromise on. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to be free in that relationship to, go ahead. Yeah, so basically, you're just supposed to sit around and wait for them to initiate, wait for them to want you. And if if you want it, you got to hold back and you've got to not express that at all. Is what she's saying. It kind of, I don't know if like we're misconstruing her words, but that's how I read it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That for the sake of the relationship, I'm going to want to just put a lid on that tea kettle and (laughs) I guess do something else like knit a scarf or something. I don't know. Well, there's value in when you're, when you are with somebody long-term, because I was with someone for seven years and there were Mm -hmm. times when we didn't want it at the same time. And you do have to compromise and you do have to not take it personally all the time. You kind of have to step back and say, well, they're just not in the mood. It has nothing to do with their desire for me. It has nothing to do. But if it's that you can never initiate or that you can never be the one that, you know, that's bullshit. And from what I I have, I feel like I've been with some pretty like masculine energy guys. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I would say by and large... A lot of them loved the idea of me initiating. Loved yeah. it. Yeah. They were so excited. <laughs> like, I don't I don't know if this is spoken to like an older generation. I don't know if it is a generational thing. Maybe listeners have thoughts on that. But I really think there has been a shift in that kind of sexuality. My experience has been that they love it in the beginning. Oh but okay. then when you're when you get later into the relationship I've I have noticed that it's not as much of a thrill it's more like oh well I don't really want to right now and then that's just what's happened to me a a couple a handful of times okay I I think initially it's exciting and it's great and men love it when they don't have to like constantly be the ones to to try and figure out if a woman is gonna like allow them you know access or whatever I think Mm -hmm. it's a thrill but then I think when you get more into dating in a relationship it really does kind of shift in some ways I don't know that's just been my Hmm. experience interesting (laughs) so yeah I I'll be honest like I passed that line I kind of shut down (laughs) Uh yeah I can see that I don't know how she concluded the book (laughs) it wraps up with marriage I mean spoiler alert it's all about like the commitment phase and yeah. what you do with the rest of your life. Case but yeah, surprise. it's kind of geared. It's a trajectory of a year. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so you so get please. to I do within a year. Within a year, yep. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yep. Great. <sighs> Again, it's just like another thing where I feel like it's just not going to work for me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, she does have a track record of, you know, people taking her course or seminar and following the rules I thought it was kind of rulesy and it works for them yeah and I feel like anything that works for you awesome but you know I think there has to be I mean there's just other ways (laughs) well and if you're okay with those kinds of dynamics in a relationship yes 100% which a lot of what she seems to be talking about doesn't feel like relationship dynamics that I would enjoy yeah no Great. Great. So that's about it. Getting to I do. I didn't. <laughs> this week was not the week, y'all. 
Still single. Um, still single, but this is my last book of this season. So. Girl, I can't believe it. I can't believe Girl, it. Girl, we did it. Yeah. I know. Well, we do. We have one more book. I have a book, Delia, that's coming yes, up. Yes, exactly. Bringing it home. Yeah. Our own Carla yeah. <laughs> Yes, we're going to do, for our closing season show, The Five Love Languages. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's another, that, that's another book that was recommended during coaching a lot, was the five yeah. languages. I think it's been instrumental for people, but, you know, I have I have some issues with it. <laughs> I do. I have some issues with it, I'll be honest. But I do think it's a valuable book. I think it's an important book, and I, it, has, it has helped a lot of people, no doubt. Yeah. So... I'm looking forward to sharing it. Also, next week, as far as I know, we're going to have a guest on the show. Yeah, Um, our first guest. Our first guest. So a woman reached out to me on Instagram. She follows us and she's listened to our podcast, which is exciting because it's somebody that we don't know that actually listens exactly. to Exactly. It's not our mom. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and she, her name is Lisa, the love coach. And so she wants to come on and talk about, because obviously our whole thing is we're questioning the advice of these coaches. Mm-hmm. So actually I followed her on Instagram and I'm looking at a lot of her stuff and I feel like she has a lot of the sensibility of the things that we're talking about. She seems to be kind of in tune to realizing that a lot of this advice is not the best advice for the modern woman. So I'm excited to have a guest on. Yeah, Yeah. it's going to be cool. And it's just going to kind of usher in once we go with our next season. Obviously, we've already talked about having more guests on and things like that. So I'm really looking forward to to talking with her and getting her feedback on, you know, how a relationship coach can help you and how, uh, you know, having somebody in your life to kind of walk you through, you know, it's, I think it is therapeutic and I think it's important if you can afford it, if you can justify it for yourself, why not? It's more tools in the toolbox. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like, I mean, a coach is there to just kind of usher you into the next phase so right but it's got to be somebody that shares your sensibility oh yeah I think that's a really important part of coaching is that you kind of are on a wavelength with the with your coach so yeah yes I want to give a couple shout outs I want to shout out nice again yeah I want to shout out a fright school podcast because they they just recently did a show on the movie midsummer and okay that movie really dissects a relationship and and the ins and outs of a relationship that isn't on the surface abusive, but it really is an abusive relationship. And it's a, you know, it's kind of like oh. a psychological thriller slash horror film. But to me, it's not a okay. full horror film. But anyway, they were they were on the podcast. They're like, I had seen the movie and they were talking about how I would, how they thought that, you know, it would be something I'd really be into. And... Ultimately, I kind of despised the movie, but <laughs> I, I really, I did not enjoy the, the film, but I think it had potential. It was like his other movie, Hereditary. I thought it had potential to have a real conversation about how generational depression and generational, you know, how it affects 
a family and how it affects a bloodline. And, and instead, he just squandered the last, you know, 15 minutes of that film. And I feel like he did the same thing with this movie. But that's a whole other topic. Anyway, I want to say <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> that's another podcast. And it's called Fright School. So check them out. Because I love they just kind of break down horror movies. And they usually have guests that are kind of rookie horror film people that don't really understand the genre and it's it's a really fun podcast so yes it is very fun agreed check them out do you have anything that you want to pump not really i might next week though as we're kind of going off into the second season okay but i want to wait because i want to experience it first All right. Well, in closing, I would love for our listeners, if you're listening and we have a new season coming upon us, we would love your feedback. We would love to hear what you thought of this last season. We have 14 books that we've reviewed and we're learning and we're new at this. So we want to get better and we want you to come back for more. So if you have... Yes. If you have some feedback, email us at landyourman at gmail.com. Give us your feedback, good or bad. We'll ignore whatever we don't want to pay attention to, which is exactly what we do in most of these books. <laughs> You've but, been warned. <laughs> exactly. But we do we do want to hear from you. And we want to hear what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong. So tell yes. us. Please. Please, please. Delia, thank you so much for sharing your book. I'm... Getting, I'm getting. Carla, little... thank you for showing up. Of course. Well, barely, but we made it. Yeah, I know. We're, I mean, through technical difficulties, this woman. The internet mounts the charge. Only, <laughs> the internet connection only went out three times. So, good. <laughs> I'm like, how does that even happen? Like, I don't I, know. It's too much. I can't deal. In with In this it. modern age. I know it's unacceptable. <laughs> uh, that's it. Listen that's to it. us on iTunes, on Google Play, on Spotify, all the usual places, and tell your friends. Yes, please subscribe and tell your friends. Yeah, we have an entire season out there now. So it's fun to watch because I'm seeing now, like season, like the first episodes are starting to get more hits. So- Oh, okay. Yeah, so people are starting to go back or new, you know, we're getting new listeners almost every day. I'm seeing on our first episode, we're starting to get to get more interest. So that's exciting to watch those numbers. I'm I love it. Fun. I know, right? All right. Well, Delia, I'm gonna go turn my fan on and open a window now and take a shower. That sounds fantastic. Cool off, girl. Cool Cool off. off. I'm gonna go eat pizza. Oh, snap. Pizza, pizza. That's my favorite thing to do in the whole wide world. Is eat pizza? Yes, it is. It is. Yes. I'm not. I'm not. And that's not a euphemism for anything. I'm talking about honest to god pizza. No, physically (laughs) eating the physical act of eating pizza is my favorite thing to do in the whole (laughs) wide world. What's your favorite position? Eating pizza. Pizza. (laughs) Yeah, pizza. And on that note, Carla (laughs) Nell, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. (laughs) Women do not realize that the only woman a man loves beyond himself is his daughter under 10 or his aging mother. All other women shall respect him or he will go away. Bye. Bye. Landerman Podcast is a subsidiary of nothing 
and is produced in association with no one other than Carlinell and Delia Knight.